for joining us for this episode of Corkscrews and Contracts. I'm Jennifer Hamrick. And I'm Wyatt Wallace. And today, we it's, it's a special occasion. It is a special occasion. It, we're recording this the week of right. our, our one-year celebration. Yep. So what are we drinking on today, Wyatt? Thank you so much, Jennifer. <laughs> today, we are sipping on champagne because it's, uh, it's an anniversary party time. Uh, it is called Martini and Rossi, and it is the Asti flavor. Uh, let us put that up. <sighs> Crystal. Well, <laughs> uh, oh, it is good. It's cold, too. That's nice. We normally drink everything room temperature. Because <laughs> it's normally red wine. That's right, because it's normally red wine. So, yeah, so the story being is that every year, uh, my parents would drink Martini and Rossi, Asti Spamonti, um, uh, for their anniversary, and they would let me join in as a kid. And so, um, yeah, uh, that was my one time of year to get to enjoy some alcohol. However, I really, yeah, yeah, that's all I got. Secretly, they were just trying to get you to sleep so they could enjoy this. It's <laughs> <laughs> entirely possible. And so, uh, my mom uh, gave us this bottle for this event, and she said, "This is your new anniversary." So. Enjoy the celebration. So thank you, Mom. That said, we have some great attorneys with us today that we will talk about shortly. Talking about alcohol law, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> today we have Kirk Gore and Blake Reynolds of Gore and Reynolds PLLC, which offers comprehensive legal services in the areas of property law and real estate transactions, business and corporate law, and estate planning, as well as probate law. Through collaboration, they work with their clients to give personal and effective legal solutions. Blake and Kirk, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, guys. It's our pleasure. Thanks yeah, for having thanks us. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah. My gosh. So what would you say is like the most important thing that our listeners should know about, uh, about the law, about working with you? Sure. So I guess the big thing is that the law is kind of everywhere. And it's, it's never like not a good time to consult an attorney, particularly in the real estate world mm. and dealing with contracts and, and these sorts of things. It's, it's always a good idea to try and make sure your legal framework is secure before you enter a contract or before you get into an arrangement with anybody. Uh, it's never a good idea and it's never a good time to come to the lawyer after something has happened. It's kind of like dealing with the parents. If you've done something, it's best to come now because it's only going to be worse the longer that it goes. Oh my God. Um, that image is so good. <laughs> so that's the big thing is, you know, a lot of times we'll have somebody come and they'll say, hey, this happened. Yeah. You know, these are what's going on and this is what I want to do. And for us, we'll say, well, unfortunately, <clears throat> because such and such event has already occurred, there are limited options and limited remedies available to you. Um, so it's always a good idea to have a second pair of eyes, especially on a legal basis, have someone kind of look over and dot your T's and cross your eyes, as they, as they say. And I like that, that part that you told us about. Uh, you can um, spend a little bit of time and money to make sure you don't lose a lot of time <laughs> and money. Right, exactly. And, you know, in the modern, well, with all things, you know, we're, as a society, we're trying to be more cost conscious. Oh. And so that's something that's important is we want to make sure our margins are right. You know, as an investor, the deal has to make sense. And the last thing you want to do is have added costs. An extra contractor day, you know, an extra this, and an extra legal fee can seem like a big fee on the front end. But if something goes wrong, you're going to have to pay an attorney two, three, ten times that to fix what's happened. So that's where talking to someone on the front end can really be useful. And it can kind of open your eyes, too, to possibly different alternatives that might have been useful to know beforehand, too. Wow. 
Yeah, and because you see what's going on, you know, with so many different people who are doing the same thing, it's much easier for you to help us navigate the waters. Mm-hmm. Wow. We see a lot of cases, you know, they end up being very expensive. They could have been very simple to do with, with a contract mm-hmm. or like language, you know, from the front end. But uh, it's definitely easier on the front end just to pay an attorney, maybe to you know, re- review something mm-hmm. because uh, it can explode later and just kind of get really nasty. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we'll have people who have been in, you know, a lot of times because we are younger ourselves, you know, our clients are young investors, young people in the industry trying to get into real estate. And so it's been nice. It's been great for us to help them kind of understand the larger context of what they're doing. Um, but even some of our older clients who have been, you know, in real estate for 20 years, the laws change, you know, yes. and so it's, it's good, even if you feel like you really know what you're doing. Um, sometimes the ground can kind of shift underneath you. So it's good to just honestly, it sounds bad, but the best the best thing an attorney can do for you is just talk yeah. and give advice. Um, you know, it's, it's what we say kind of sometimes when we chat, you know, you want to see us as little as possible. <laughs> uh, so, but you're going to see us a lot more if you come to us later on. Absolutely. Networth Realty of Nashville is growing wealth in Tennessee by providing people across the Nashville metropolitan area with the tools and expertise they need to succeed in the residential real estate market. Their specialists understand the ins and outs of Nashville and are experts at locating undervalued properties in the city's most desirable neighborhoods. That's Networth Realty of Nashville, 615-823-2777. This podcast is brought to you in part by Goran Reynolds, PLLC a law firm that focuses on real estate transactions. Whether you're trying to make sure your property is STR ready or you have to close on a contract quickly. The attorneys at Gore and Reynolds strive to make sure that every investor and real estate professional has the protection of the law. Give them a call at 615-784-3969 and check out their website at gorerentalslaw.com. Looking for fast and easy financing on your next real estate project? Property recycling is that perfect fit. Reach out today and find out just how easy your next investment property loan can be. Property recycling can finance 100% of your purchase and rehab at competitive rates. Call Allison at 615-806-7500 or visit propertyrecycle.com for more information and an easy online application. I think when people are getting into real estate, they think of you guys as just helping them close the deal like yeah. title work absolutely which y'all do but it's also good to have you on a regular like just a phone call away for everything and like on the team part of their team from the beginning absolutely and that's kind of the value add that we have a, as a small somewhat boutique style firm is that you know most all if not all of our clients have our cell phone number and so they can reach out to us with a text and say, hey, this is what's developed. Is this okay? Things like that. And that's kind of what we're able to do is make sure, because it makes our job easier too on the closing table when it's time to celebrate with some osteo. You know, it's, yes. it makes more sense that way because we've been able to kind of help steer the deal throughout it. And that can be something as simple as having a consult before they form a new LLC mm-hmm. um, or, you know, hey, this is our commercial contract. I want you to look at it and we'll say, well, mm-hmm. this needs to be revised. This needs to be changed. And this, you know, passing red lines back and forth. Leases too. We see so many crazy leases that are Wisconsin law, California law, or legal zoom. And like a simple lease that Tennessee compliant really can save a landlord with thousands of dollars, you know, especially when it comes to eviction. Mm-hmm. Uh, having you know, the correct document just makes so much sense. And that kind of is a symptom of our community. One, we have a lot of transplants. So people from out of state who bring maybe their forms from back when they were investing in Wisconsin or in California. Or, you know, as, as, as you guys are a great example of, it's a friendly community. We all want to help each other. We want to learn more and grow more. Hey, take a look at my lease. This is what I use. 
for my properties in California. Uh, and so, you know, <laughs> there will be a provision literally says, you know, this contract is governed under California law and arbitration this and that. And you're like, well, that's great. But under Tennessee, the Uniform Landlord-Tenant Act violates, you know, it takes all that out. Mm. And so there's a lot of those things. They think their leases are, are good and maybe they are in California. Yeah. And so that's, you know, again, it just comes back to before you sign anything, have somebody else look at it. Yeah, property law is state specific. So it's important to make sure that Tennessee law governs your transactions. Now, we've been talking about Wisconsin, California, Tennessee, mm. a little bit. Now, um, you two are not, well, Blake, you are from around here. One of the unicorns, yep. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. He exists, Yokes. <laughs> yes, he does. He does. I just said Yokes. That's so interesting. Uh, and Kirk, you're from Mississippi. Mississippi, that's right. Yes, sir. The deep south. Yeah. Wow. But you met. You're in law school. Law school, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so I, I grew up here. I was a, a yokel, local, if you will. Yes, um, it made sense for me to <laughs> yeah. say that word. So as that turns out, I actually grew up in the Leapers Fork area, which okay. is south of south of Nashville a little ways. Um, now it's all Justin Timberlake and country music and all these kind of things. Uh, back then it was just a couple of mules and, and us, you know, and, uh, very country, rustic upbringing, which was great. Um, and then my parents actually moved and still live in the Brentwood area while I was in high school. And I was not a very... Uh, <laughs> not, not a very you know popular kid, I guess you would say. I was kind of what would be termed a, a dweeb or a nerd, which turned out well for the law school thing. But uh, I really needed some personal growth, so I actually went uh, out of state for college. I went to the University of Montana, um, and so that's where I learned to grow the beard. For those of you at home who doesn't don't have the uh, the video, that's that's where I learned how to grow a decent sized beard. And, it's a good beard, uh, yeah. But you know, part of, part of that, you know, I wanted to. I knew I wanted to come home. Uh, that's where my roots are. My family is. Mm -hmm. And so when I was looking at going to law school, uh, Nashville just made sense. Belmont has a, a ridiculously high pass rate, and I was really impressed with the faculty there. And uh, so that's why I decided to come back to Nashville for law school, uh, where I met Kirk, actually, mm -hmm. through one of our mutual friends. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, actually, my roommate deserves the referral fee. Uh, <laughs> he was in Still his, pending. Still pending, yeah. <laughs> taking a little bit longer. But, um, is it worth more when your judge is? Yes, yeah, absolutely. He's probably right. just letting that interest accrue. Like interest, and, uh, yeah, we yeah, haven't gotten yeah. that phone call yet. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, he was in class with him and, and saw Kirk as a very, very sharp uh, individual and a really, you know, probably the smartest guy in his class. And so uh, we always gravitated, you know, to, to like-minded and smart individuals. And uh, my buddy and I always wanted to be the, the dumbest person in the room, which I seem to achieve better than most. Uh, <laughs> so Kirk, Kirk, you know, ended up kind of being social companions with us and sort of being drinking companions. And then mm -hmm. uh, we ended up taking classes together. We actually took a class called Law Office Management. Um, at the time, I was still thinking about going and working for the state, for the government, yeah. and so that's very useful because you're dealing with employees and logistical issues that you know most lawyers don't have to think about until after they graduate. Um, and Kirk was in it because Kirk's one of those rare individuals that you know sets a goal and achieves it. Um, <laughs> so he he kind of knew he wanted to do real estate law from his background, yeah. which I'll let him explain. So that was kind of how he was in that class. We decided to, to try it out and go out together. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We like it. So you come from a long line of. Attorneys or something? So actually, I'm from Mississippi, and I actually played guitar professionally for about three years after college. Oh, yeah. And I toured a lot, and it was a lot of fun. But um, during that time, I kind of found bigger pockets and started investing in real estate, kind of like as a passive thing to do. I realized I loved it. So I actually came to Nashville. I got married and came to Nashville, and I went to law school to kind of learn more about real estate. And, uh, you know, started a law firm. So uh, it just kind of worked out really well. But uh, real estate's a lot of fun. I've, I've loved it for years and years. So. so when you came to Nashville, did you play so I've done a little bit of recording. I've played out mm -hmm. a couple times, but for the most part, law school keeps you pretty busy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I kind of had to uh, kind of retire the guitar a little bit. I still play, you know, in the house mm -hmm. a lot and, and uh, write and record, but uh, I don't play as much as I used to, you know, for sure. 
came to Nashville to quit music. <laughs> Which is kind of, kind of weird if you think about it, but, uh, but it's worked out pretty well. Throwing a big event? Southern Seasonings has you covered. With crowd pleasers like robust chicken parmesan meatballs, Southern Seasonings is the perfect option. Each meal is centered around whole, fresh ingredients with just a dab of home. If you're looking for vegan, vegetarian, or savory comfort foods, get ready for a rush of delicious. Visit them at southernseasoningsinc.com to book your next meal. Southern Seasonings, where their special ingredient is love. One, you know, living in Nashville, real estate is, is the hot, hot buzzword and hot commodity, but you're dealing a lot more with professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, happy people, people usually winning at some level all the time. Oh, yeah. You're either buying a house, which makes you happy, or you're selling a house, which hopefully should make you happy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and, and dealing with uh, you know lenders, bankers, realtors, wholesalers, investors. These, it's a different class of individual where you're not just sending one snarky, mean, long email to another attorney all day. <laughs> uh, very rarely do you get to drink, uh, you know, for yes. a, <laughs> yes. sort of thing. Yes. You know, so that sort of thing. It, it can be, a, it's just a kind of a different lifestyle, which mm-hmm. I really, really liked. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking of the movie Clueless. Yes. Where the dad <laughs> was a litigating attorney, uh-huh. and he was stressed out all the time. Oh, man, it could be really rough, yeah. Didn't like life. Yeah, it's tough. So, so that's kind of been our mantra. You know, mm-hmm. one of those things, we may not be the scariest, but we're trying to be the most fun. Ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's something we subscribe to a lot, is our closings are usually pretty lighthearted. Uh, you know, most people know the numbers, and they know everything already before they walk in. Mm-hmm. They're just stressed because there's going to be somebody in time breathing on them while they sign documents. So <laughs> we try to keep it pretty light, you know, have fun, make sure they understand, you know, the obligations they're getting into. But, you know, it's, 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 a, fun, it's a fun thing. We try and make sure that it's, it's, it's a good time for everybody. Uh, so that's the majority of what we do is transactional. Uh, we do some litigation as well uh, on, the, on the civil and the real estate side. Mm-hmm. So breach of contract, you know, um, if things go awry. We'll get involved, um, <clears throat> issues, you know, helping draft some easements if things change, mm-hmm. stuff like that. A lot of the CCNR work for developers and things, uh, which can be kind of kind of nitty gritty in the details. But that's it's yeah. all it's all kind of fun. Uh, it's all a good done time. a few evictions and foreclosures. You know, kind of some of the more crazy property things too. So yeah, yeah. I think now's a good time to ask your normal question, Jennifer. <laughs> That's what I wanted to ask, but I was like, it's probably too soon. It's too soon. No, it's um, not too soon. So can you talk about any of the crazier fun stories <laughs> and just leave those so, names yeah. out? Uh, if, if, you know, it's one of those things, it's, we're saving a lot for the book. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, the tell-all, unfortunately for most good attorneys, there never is a tell-all book because there's a confidentiality kind of mm-hmm. not only understood but heavily enforced for all of mm-hmm. our stuff. And particularly what's, what I find interesting about real estate uh, is that it, it touches almost every element of people's lives. There's mm-hmm. always something involved where there's dirt under your feet and you're doing something. And for our, for our clients and things, you know, this, the real estate world is their entire world. Mm-hmm. Um, and being a smaller firm, it, it can be a lot where you're not only, you know, as the attorney, you take the attorney role, you can take the business coach role. Oh. People look for you to help make their decisions and make sure, if it, you know, it makes sense, which is uh, something outside the scope of usually just providing people, you know, the, the what they can and can't do versus what they should do right. as far as a legal perspective is yeah. concerned. And so that that's something to kind of walk. And it's important, though, because as you do things with these people, they become your, your friends and you're, they, you're their confidant. And. You can become, you know, they expect you to be their enforcer, to, you know, bristle and, yeah. and bark loud. Uh, you can also, at some level, be a bit of a therapist or a priest as well as some of these 
real estate deals can also be very, very stressful. Um, so you, we have no shortage of stories, um, as we'd like to say, but at the same time, you know, uh, a lot of it uh, can't really discuss names or dates mm-hmm. or times or those sorts of things. And as, as any good boring lawyer will tell you, everything's in hypothetical. Uh, um. So, you know, so a lot of the things that we would see hypothetically, for example, uh, would be clients who come in and they say, hey, you know, I've got this, this joint venture agreement, I've got this contract, and, and they use legal terms that I believe someone told them. <laughs> they Googled. Uh, oh they Googled, and, and it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's a little too late to help. Um, it's always on a Wisconsin form. Yeah. You know, oh. Pencil writing on it and everything. You and, know, yeah. and so, and we'll find out that, you know, this, this, this business entity, you know, one, uh, on occasion, that didn't exist. Oh. Um, they mm-hmm. thought they were secured and they've invested a lot of money Life savings amounts, yeah. in the five to six digit amount and you know they, they have no recourse they really have no protection mm-hmm. because you know we think that real estate is a very smart investment tool mm-hmm. but it can be just as risky as the stock market if not more so mm-hmm. um, and so that's that can be kind of hard you see scare, as far as scary stories you know people kind of begin to trust and, and work and they put faith in the mm-hmm. system and then they'll they'll throw a lot of money behind a, a deal that just kind of evaporates and there's really not a lot they can do. Um, It's important again, why you should talk to an attorney to make sure all your legal documents are one legal, but also recorded. Um, So there can be things where, you know, for example, in Tennessee, uh, we're a race notice state. And so it's whoever first records is in first position. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's important to know that if you have, you know, a deed of trust for a million dollars on a $2 million property, and three people get in front of you, then you don't have uh, much of a secured interest in that property. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it's one of those things. It's important to do the, some of the background, and some some people, a lot of people, just kind of take it. We're still a southern community. We're still kind of a tight knit small community, and so yeah. a lot of trust can be kind of the enemy of, of, of profit margins. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, you know, we've had some people, uh, example, come and talk to us, and we'll help them with their real estate needs. And then, unfortunately, as an attorney it's important to always be competent and, and to do a great job. That's the, one of the first rules of our ethics is you can do anything as a, you know, as an attorney, uh, but you need to do it competently, competently and ethically. And so for example, you know, a doctor will go and go to a fellowship for X amount of years before they're classified as a plastic surgeon. Yes. Uh, the minute we graduated law school and passed the bar, I could have done a, a million dollar personal injury case. Wow. And there's nothing to say that I couldn't do that. I just had to do it competently, with you know proper research and and due responsibility and those sorts of things. So I believe in you. That, exactly. <laughs> that's, it's all some of that. So it's it's there's a lot of uh, personal responsibility that comes to that. And so part of the issue is people will think because we know this much about this real estate issue or this mm-hmm. other thing, they say, well, what about my divorce? And we're like, well, we don't really, you know, we don't we don't practice uh-huh. family law. We can give you a referral to someone who does, or yeah. you know, there'll be something where there's. Uh, a high transaction rate and they say well you know my, my son just got locked up for a DUI you know mm-hmm. can you do this and we're like well no we won't tell anybody about it but you know we, it, it's, it's, you want someone who knows what they're doing when mm-hmm. it comes to this because you know criminal penalties are for life but it's also I mean you know the real estate world it's your largest asset it's your biggest the biggest thing you've bone so yeah. you want someone to know what they're doing when you engage them to, to do legal things for you mm-hmm. um, it can be, you know, uh, we've had people leak photos that they otherwise wouldn't uh, want leaked and, you know, how to get those back. 
Whoa. So all kinds of, you, you meet a lot of different people in the real estate world, yeah. and so there's all kinds of fun <laughs> things like that. Uh, we had somebody <laughs> engage in a, a different uh, transaction, one they hadn't done before, but they thought it was a good investment for a piece of uh, mechanical equipment, let's say. Huh. And so they thought it was good. They kind of came to us. They asked us to review the contract. Contract looked a little speculative. So we said we needed some time to look at it. And they said, well, this guy's super pushy. You know, they want the money wired. They've given me this. They've given me this assurance. So I'm going to do it. Ooh. And one of the big things with wires, as you, you know. You can't get it back. Exactly. It's gone. It's gone. And so it's once gone. it's wired out, it's gone forever. Um, and it turned out that this individual did not exist oh. in the sense that, you know, it was a, as a fraud scheme. Um, luckily, in that particular case, which, you know, we can't <laughs> guarantee these kinds of results all the time, but it was around that time we were in that conversation, like, this, that day, hey, this is not right. This needs to get done. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, checks started to bounce. IDs didn't come back as positive, And he was actually able to stop that wire. Mm -hmm. And over a period of time, you know, it, it had to go through certain... <laughs> Federal levels, but also different banks had to communicate with each other. He was actually able to get that money back. But that's a, that's a very easy way to lose $150,000. Yeah, he was definitely lucky. That doesn't long. happen very often. So so Man. that's something that can, can really kind of fall through. So you yeah. hear some crazy, crazy things. Um, you see a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jennifer was, uh, I think, feeling the same thing. We, we hear about it all the time with people. And you have to put warnings in emails now. Mm -hmm. like, hey, you know, don't just... Don't just wire that to somebody. Mm -hmm. You got to confirm. Mm -hmm. Well, on the wholesale market, exactly, and it can be a big deal, is because they'll put out an offer and they say, okay, you know, hard hard money only, or you know, cash in hand, and it's it's you kind of feel under the gun. You feel a serious pressure to get there quickly, especially um, in this market. Yeah, things go so fast. Go a lot so of fast. pressure to, to you know move quick. So and so people, you see it. You see where people will put money in the wrong spot, or they'll wire it, and, and you really can't get it back. Mm -hmm. um, so voice verification is always a good idea. Um, things like and it's it sounds kind of silly, you know, especially when it's a transaction usually between two individuals or two mm -hmm. you know small LLCs. Mm -hmm. But ask for those things. Ask for ID. Ask for verification, and make sure that who you're dealing with is a legit entity and a legit person. Mm -hmm. We have two forms now, Parks Realty, not just mm -hmm. one. One's a cyber security, one's the, the TAR form sure, for sure, wire yeah, fraud. Yeah. Absolutely. And then we're supposed to tell them as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it, and it still happens. All the time. All the time. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. And I think as Nashville grows as a market, it's only going to get worse. Mm -hmm. um, so and there's, it's one of those things I think it's just it's a risk that you're going to have to factor in to doing business in the modern world is there's just the cybersecurity element's going to really kind of change how we do business over time super buzz right now uh, short-term rentals we're talking airbnb vrbo uh, home away all those things mm -hmm. affecting nashville in a big way and metro government and citizens and and the whole bit and they're trying to figure out what's the best way to make investing happen because it is kind of beautifying neighborhoods and uh, and still allow the tourism and whatnot, but people to know know their neighbors, right? So, what what would you say? Uh, I guess it's a big question here, but where do you see that going? What, is there anything you can share with us about that? Yeah, so it's kind of interesting as you see, you know, in the the Nashville area under the Tennessee Constitution, the bounds of Nashville are solid. They can't expand and annex. Nashville can't necessarily grow. And so, what we have is a, is a price of progress problem. 
And so, you know, we're going to have to really look at our density as time goes on and look at those sorts of things where how do we want Nashville to grow and change within its meets and bounds, which, you know, under the Constitution are set. Um, and so that kind of leads to a, a bit of a unique set of issues. And it's also layered on top with uh, profit and who's making that profit. And so STRs, short-term rentals, which we think of as Airbnb, VRBO, yeah. uh, allow people to really prop, profit and capitalize on their own investments and also their own homes. You know, it's kind of similar with Uber and some of these other gig-style apps, these tech companies sell it to us kind of as a way for the little guy to make a buck, to be able to, to from the sweat of his own brow, and you know, have an extra room to let, to drive his own car and make, a, and make money on what he'd usually otherwise do. At the same time, you know, you have other competing interests now where there's so much higher cash flow and you're making so much more money through STRs that big groups are getting involved and we're seeing kind of a change. So it's, it's really, it's always been an issue of the hotel industry in Nashville uh, couldn't meet the demand. And it's kind of one of those things where you see just kind of a fight of the lobbies, mm -hmm. but also concerned citizens, like you said, knowing your neighbors. Um, the dreaded HOA that everyone has hated for so many years about picking up after their pets, now is, is they're changing their bylaws, they're changing their CCNRs to create an atmosphere hostile to short-term rentals because people don't want bachelorette parties you know, in, in their neighborhoods. They don't want the, the bicycle cart to go from Demumbrian all the way <laughs> to, to their house. And, and you know, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but you know, it's sometimes, like I said, it's the price of progress. It's hard to, to, to fight that and to draw that line as a city. Um, I think it's, 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 it's gonna be a developing conversation. As it changes now, Nashville is one of the strictest and one of the hardest places mm -hmm. to short-term rental in Davidson County, and it's that, that's across the country. So we have a lot of crazy laws. Uh, I'll let Kirk kind of delineate between owner-occupied, non-owner-occupied, how that's changed. And you know, this at the time of this recording, they're still putting new proposals out in front of Metro Council. So wow. I don't want to speak too much to the actual concrete and, and right. tell somebody what they can and can't do and guarantee them they'll get an, uh, an Airbnb because even now they might not. Mm. Yeah, generally it's just kind of based on zoning, as you guys know. You know, if it's residential, typically you can't do it anymore unless you live there. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, for commercial zoning, pretty safe for now. But uh, but you know, it really uh, it just kind of depends. Um, I mean, I, I think that the, the lobbying is going to continue. Um, I really think that um, you know, for now, it's really any, it's kind of up in the air. It's, it's a jump ball, I guess. Um, I think you know, res uh, or commercial zoning rather is pretty pretty safe for now. I think you know, uh, especially in, in bigger metro markets, even you know, commercial zoned properties are pretty safe. Like you know, California, Colorado, places like that, um, even still, like you can do it, but uh, at least residentially, it's very, very hard to do. Again, hotels don't like it, um, so uh, I think Nashville is going to probably fall in line more, more likely. But I mean, it kind of depends. And we're, you know, Nashville is constantly throwing up moratoriums. The, the latest one, you know, mm. came out with a hard deadline, and so people are kind of rushing to get under these under these mm -hmm. guidelines and have some of that grandfather, that, that pre-existing non-conforming use that they're trying to to keep in place, but you know, if, if some of these council members have their way, those will go away as well. Mm -hmm. um, so it can be a little risky. Uh, again, it's one of those things too, from what we've seen, a lot of these developers are starting to build to Airbnb. So, you know, it's from the ground up, it's a commercial lot, they build apartment style or hotel almost style um, buildings with which you buy and then Airbnb. And so that's kind of creates an interesting niche in the market because a lot of people that we talk to, clients and otherwise, say their best reviews for their short-term rentals come from a home-style atmosphere. 
And so it's possible that you're going to see kind of a bit of a delineation even in that where, you know, Airbnb in this town started to fill a gap that the hotels just couldn't provide Mm -hmm. uh, for service. And now people, you know, instead of when they plan a vacation, they don't look on Hotels.com. They don't look on the websites. They actually look to Airbnb because they'd rather that home experience, that personal experience. I think it's something that a lot of people, our generation and otherwise, value. Um, So it's curious there. I've heard a lot of people. I had a gentleman who's more connected than I am, um, kind of theorized that, uh, you know, some of the budget crunches and crises within the metro government is going to cause them to look to the state for support. And then when that's happened in the past, the state will demand certain concessions and can come in and, and, you know, if the the larger investors in the Tennessee area require a revision of these STR laws, that may come as part of a deal. Again, if, if that were to ever mm. change, take place. So that's kind of some wild speculation that I wouldn't yeah. enforce, but that's some, some whispers that you hear. Uh, but it, it's one of those things, that, again, not to hark philosophically, but uh, it kind of comes to a bit of a constitutional issue of, you know, what rights do you have to use your own property? Mm-hmm. Can you use your own property for your benefit in a way that you see fit? Um, you know, back in the day when we formed these zones and, and, and things like that to allow agriculture, residential, commercial, you didn't want a steel mill in your backyard. Right. And that makes a lot of sense. You know, there's pollution, mm-hmm. there's noise, there's other things. And so as we see zoning generally as a way to kind of separate industries, but also pieces of community. And now in the modern economy, all of that has already begun to melt together. Mm-hmm. And so I think generally speaking, it's, it's challenging. They're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole as far as making these zoning regulations fit for STRs. So I think it's going to continue to be an issue and Nashville in particular is going to feel a bit of a squeeze because there's a lot of competing interests between the HOA industries and lobbies, hotels, and also just investors. I think too, historically, it's pretty, I mean, still pretty new. It's obviously very disruptive, but you know, as far as the, country, the history of our country, it's still very, very new. And uh, so it's going to be interesting to kind of see how the courts deal with it. I think eventually it may come out of, like, like, like I said, it's an important issue. Well, guys, thank you so much for being on the cast with us today. Our pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Cheers. Cheers. This has been a production of Corks Crews and Contracts. Podcast copyright 2019.